So this is the word of the Lord for us in this century in May. And May is going to be our month for double grace. Say double grace. Yes, month, May is going to be the month for us to encounter double grace in this, in this church. And uh, I will explain a little bit before we look at a story of a, of a, of a man who encountered, encountered a season of double grace in his life. Uh, they normally say that, just to explain a little bit, May is the fifth month of the year. Fifth month of the year. And uh, the, the, the number five appears three times, 318 times in the Bible. And there is only one time in the Bible that this number, the number 318 is repeated. And that is, that is during the army of Abraham. The Bible says that Abraham had an army of 318 men. Praise the Lord. When he was going to rescue Lot. And you may ask me, why am I saying that? Because if you look at the Bible, there are various occasions where we have the number five appearing. And we know the biggest uh, revelation that the Bible gives us about the number five. The Bible says that the number five stands for grace. Praise the Lord. And you may ask, my, may ask me, uh, 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 Pastor, why are you then saying double grace? Because I want us, I want us to look at uh, the book of... Uh, John chapter 1 verse 16. Please can you project it for me? I want to move very fast. Uh, the book of John chapter 1 verse, verse, verse... The book of John chapter 1 verse 16. And even as they project, I want to quickly say something. Uh, yes, it's there. The Bible says, From the fullness of His grace, we have all, and I want you to look at the word all, received, and I want you to look at the word received, one blessing, and I want, I want you to look at the word one blessing. After another, after another. The Bible says that we have all received one blessing after another. That means that we have received grace upon grace. Praise the Lord. Say, may I will receive a double grace. Because the Lord has promised me that more than a blessing... I will receive another blessing that is grace upon grace in Jesus' name. And may be well with me. I don't really go much about that, but I will explain a little bit. And I, and I feel the best thing is to explain it with a story that is in the Bible. And I want us to look quickly at a man that encountered double grace. Double grace, for me to explain, it is not double-double. It is basically a multiplication of grace. A multiplication of grace. Because I, I tell you the truth. And this is the truth of the Lord. There are some of us. And I'm saying some of us. Because it depends on your faith. Whether you want to move by faith. Or you want to move by sight. There, there, this may. We are going to find some brothers and some sisters. That will give series of testimonies. I said series of testimonies. If you decide to give one. It's up to you. When the Lord says there's a release of double grace for us in this church, it means it is limitless. What matters is your ability to tap and encounter with the Lord. It means it is up to you to say, Lord, there is a release grace in our sanctuary. May the grace, may the river of grace, no, don't say grace, may the river of grace flow in my life, flow in every department of my life. Don't say flow in my life, flow in every department of my my life. It means the Lord has decided that us in this end, we have reached a level to encounter a double grace. Because the Lord does not bring a specific anointing if the, the, if the people have not been prepared. 
It means that the Lord has weighed us and has decided these people are able to encounter my, my season of double grace. My brother, my sister, you've never had testimonies. You're going to hear them here. They will shock you. It's only some of you have been. There has been a, there have been a slow preparation. But as pastor have been saying, you have been coming to see us one on one. And the testimony, past, the reason why pastor is annoyed, their testimonies are heavy. Some of them they tell us and we are like, okay, okay. But when it comes to saying here you have a problem. Now, this double grace, you will not be able to hold it. You will come and say, he has done it. And this is it. Because it's the Lord. It's not about me. It's not about my brother. You'll be able to say, the Lord has done it. A double grace means a multiplication of grace. Where you could not be favored, you'll be favored. A testimony that could not uh, encounter you will encounter you. Where you have been forgotten, you'll be remembered. Praise the Lord. And some of you may ask me, so what is, what is the topic of your word today? Because some of them like that. The topic of my word today is forgotten by all, but known by God. That's what I'm speaking about today. Forgotten by all, but remembered by God. Because some of you ask me, my brother, I have, I have several prophecies in my life. How they come they are not working? Quickly, let's go to the book of 1 Samuel chapter 17. And I'll read quickly. In the book of 1 Samuel, Samuel chapter, uh, chapter 17, we see the prophet Samuel commanded by God to go to the house of Jesse. And when he goes to the house of Jesse, he is told to anoint uh, David as king. And I want you to follow me very carefully. I don't want you to read in a hurry. To anoint, uh, to anoint as one of the sons of Jesse as kings. And the Bible says, in short, uh, 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 Jesse brings his best uh, uh, children first. And he brings the first three. We'll look at the first three. And if you look at the meaning of the first three, you'll, uh, you'll understand why he had to bring the first three. And then, in short, then the Bible says he brought the last one. Ule ambaya He said, there is another one. In fact, the Bible says in the book of 1 Samuel uh, chapter, 7, chapter 16, the Bible says, if there is another, another one. So I have good news to you today. Even if you are the another one, there is double grace in me. In Jesus' name. Even if they have said you are another one, there is double grace in me. And may you tap it in, in Jesus' name. And the Bible says that Samuel, Samuel anointed David as king. But wait a minute. And I want you to understand carefully because some of you are telling me, how come I have heavy prophecies but I'm not seeing manifestation? Remember, when David is anointed, the next thing that David does is do what? He goes back to take care of the sheep. The sheep. For us, we know when you are anointed to be king, the next thing you're asking is, where is my bodyguard? Where is the Yes. But David goes back to take care of the sheep. The sheep. And even him and everybody else actually forget. And the Bible says actually they forgot. And David went to take care of the sheep. But I like the story of David. Because David by the plan of God. Really the preacher in the morning said. David by the plan of God was the number eight kid in the family. The number eight means new beginning. God made sure that this boy had to be born as the eighth Child, meaning that the man was planned from the beginning to bring a new generation in his life. To bring a generation that shall never be overtaken. I tell you, as long as we live with all the anointing we have, with all the ability we have, it will be difficult to have another King David. The man knew his position. But we need to check where he started. 
so that you may so for those who are feeling that you have forgotten for those who are feeling that it is not working i want to assure you these things work and in may some of them will work in our lives praise the lord i want us to learn even as we go on us to learn quickly six principles and I, want, I will not be reading all the scriptures because of time. The Bible says, now the Philistines gather their forces for war. Praise the Lord. There are some of us the enemy has gathered for war with us. We also need to gather for war. When the enemy gathers for war, even you need to gather for war? For war. So the enemy gathered for war. And the Bible says, they took, the, the, and the, the worst thing is, they gathered for war in Judah. But they gathered for war in Judah. Meaning the enemy trespassed. Because he did not gather for war in the Philistine land. He gathered his Jew. He crossed over to the territory of the people of Judah. He should have even gone to the Lubanites or the, the guardians or somebody else. But he specifically chose Judah. Praise the Lord. When the enemy gather in your territory, I want to teach you a few things you should do. So the Bible says they took one, they took one hill and the children of Israel took another hill and they left the valley between the first principle, quickly. The enemy likes to, press, to trespass. Say, the enemy likes to trespass. Say, like the, say, the enemy likes to trespass. So, mark your position. The first principle, the enemy likes to trespass. Mark your position. That's the first principle. You are alive today because God has an assignment for you. There's something unique you're supposed to produce for us in this, in this time you are alive. And the earlier you figure it, the better. Because you will not waste time. You will not allow the enemy to waste your time. There's something I've, I've learned so much and uh, I, I'm teaching myself. When I look at the patriarch, the, the uh, father Abraham, Isaac and Jacob, there's a certain pattern I've seen in their lives. They have a five court that ruled their life. Their life sorry. They have a five court principle that ruled their life. One, they believed in the promise of God. Every time you look at Abraham, he's speaking about the promise of God. Isaac, the promise of God. Jacob, the promise of God. The first thing they all agreed is the promise of God. You don't find them fast praying. You find them fast speaking about the promise of God. Number two, you find them working. Number three, you find them sacrificing. Number four, you find them praising. Number five, you find them praying. Carefully in the Bible, you see that pattern. Even myself, with the experience I have, I just realized it yesterday. They have a five-code principle on how to approach God. They acknowledge the promises of God. So what promise has God given you? What prophecy God has God given you? What are you doing about it? What are you doing in the work of your hand? Because he said you bless it. How do you sacrifice? How do you praise God? And how do you pray? There is an order on how to do things. There is an order how to do things. In Psalm 63, and I may not have enough time to go, it is shown that some of the, the spiritual development plans that David followed. I like verse 6, and we are discussing some, some fellowship I was with. with uh, can you show us verse 6? Uh, Psalm 63, verse 6. David says, we are never told that David was an intercessor. But even this, in this position, David says something very, very good. When I remember you in my... Hey, can we... When I remember you in my... Hmm, some of you are in your bed. Some of you remember other things. Him, he says, when I remember you in my... So I'll ask you, hey, what do you remember in your bed? And the, then he says, 
I meditate on you. I meditate on three things he does. I remember you in my bed. Number two, I meditate. Number three, I make sure the four watches of the night I pray. Because the Jews will tell you a night is made of four watches. That means this man used to pray four times at night. You, you sleep 12 hours. And even at 14 hours. I rebuke you in Jesus' name. And then you come and say, how come it's not working? Pastor, I sleep 12 hours. And I even, I even kyle myself in the coach. You rather even go and watch the sun. And you tell me it's not working. Sleeping 12 hours. I'm almost saying, may heaven rebuke you. Then in the same scripture he says, if you look at Psalm 63, it talks about him and the soul. Look, I want you to read Psalm 63. Notice the man is talking about how his soul loves the Lord. And he says in one of the scriptures, my soul clings to the Lord. Praise the Lord. So the enemy trespassed to the, to the, to the, to the kingdom of what? Judah. When the enemy trespassed, Remind him of the promises of God. Remind him of your position with God. Remember, remind him that you are favored of God. Remind him that the blood of Jesus still works in your life. Remind him simply the word of God. My sister, when was told to give a bribe, the only thing she said, I, in short, sure, sure she said, I am born now. Okay. The word. Some of you that remember your wallet, your handbag, may heaven rebuke you. If you are going to be using your money to bribe, may heaven hold your money. It's not a good prayer, but yes. Number, because of time, I'll go quickly. Verse 4, verse 4, the Bible talks about, now verse 4 to verse 11, we are in First uh, uh, Samuel chapter 7, verse 4 and verse, up to verse 11, the Bible talks to us about one man called Goliath. But let me explain to you something. I have studied, I have tried to, dis, to study the various commentaries in the Bible to check what they say about this man called Goliath. And, 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 and I, I could only find three words that they define this man. They said, they said some of the, the Bible scholars, they say the meaning of the word Goliath means exile. Another one says conspicuous. Another one which they all agree means that the name Goliath means exposer. Somebody who exposes they could not, they are not able to agree who was this Goliath. It means he was a myth, yet he lived. And the, and the Bible says that he was nine feet, almost ten feet tall. Nine, let me explain to you, I wanted to ask Edoaliso how long this is, but I took time to, uh, before I came. Uh, and, 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 the, and let me explain to you, for the last 120 years in this world, we have never produced a man that is 8.5 feet tall. We still have never had a Goliath in our time. And the people, if you look at history, they say that most of the people that were born that were eight feet tall, most of them are thin. This man was huge. This man was a giant. So in verse 4 to, 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 to 11, it is talking about him. And the Bible says he, he, for, for 40 days, he kept, kept on coming and mocking the children of Israel. His work, his, word was, his work was to wake up and mock them. Let me give you the second principle. The enemy will try your ability and mock you. The enemy will try your ability and mock you. So what do you do? Know your position. Know your 
position. The enemy may shout every day of your life. Let me give you a simple secret. When the enemy shouts at you, do not shout back. Do the opposite. Do the do what the Bible says. Because the Lord says, when the enemy comes to you like a flood, I will lift up a standard against him. You know what? Mark your position. In the interest of time, I'm going very fast. And I'm the Bible says in, uh, in verse 12, and uh, this is where I like the Bible says, verse 12, verse 12 is where we find David now coming, coming in. And the Bible says, now David was the son of an Ephraite named Jesse, who was from Bethlehem in Judah. Jesse had eight sons. I want to take a little bit of this before I give you the third principle. Jesse had three brothers. No, Jesse, David had three brothers. And I want, to, I want us to look at the three brothers because that's where... This is where the, 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 just David comes in. And the Bible says his eldest brother was called Eliab. The second one was called Shammah. The third one was called... So the second one was Abinadam, the third one was Shammah. Look at their meaning, just to understand. The Bible says, and give us the meaning, it says the, the name Eliab means God is my father. God is my... Abinadam, the second born of Jesse, means father of a vow. Shama means God is with us. Surely, there was no way this young man was going to be king. Because look at, look at their meaning, look at the meanings of the, his brothers and look at his, the, naming of, the meaning of his name. Eliab, God is my father. Abinadam, father of a vow. Shama, God with us. And look at the meaning of the name, the name David, beloved. Surely. There was no way that this man was going to be anybody. The third principle. As I explained that, the third principle. Keep your identity. Keep your... It does not matter who is ahead of you. It does not matter who is ahead of... Keep your identity. David for sure knew the meaning of his three brothers. They were in the army. He was not in the army. They had big... They had names that have big meanings. His, his name simply means Beloved. They were acknowledged by the king. He was, he was acknowledged by the ship. He was acknowledged by the entire nation. He was acknowledged by the, 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 the people who kept ships like him. They knew the shout of war and the shout of the sword. He knew the shout of the, uh, of the ship. And I like this. When he went to his brother, his brother even mocked him. He told him, what is, what is the problem with you? I know you've come to do Bitukozakoapa. Where have you left the few sheep? He even called his trade the few sheep. Remember they had many sheep. But Eliab, his brother, tells him, how come you've left your little sheep? Yes, they had many sheep. He even mocked him. He does, let them continue mocking you. But this may, they will encounter the, the grace of God in our life. They will no longer call our trade little sheep. They will encounter our God. There is double grace in this man. In Jesus' name. So have they been calling your job a little job? Ah, prophesy from them today. And beside your bed say, God, they've been calling my job a little job? There is double grace. It is rising up in Jesus' name. Have they been calling your skill a little skill? It does not matter. There is grace in this man in Jesus' name. Have they been calling your money little money? It does not matter. There is double grace in this man in Jesus' name. 
Hallelujah. Have they been calling your name a little name? It does not matter. There is double grace in this month in Jesus' name. Have they been calling your sickness a big one that will, will eat you up? Tell them, the double grace of God in this May is eating up my disease in Jesus' name. Have they been calling your mountain a big mountain, a little mountain? It does not matter. There is double grace this May in Jesus' mighty name. Just mark it, but just keep your identity. Keep your beloved of the Lord. It does not matter. They call David beloved. Even as they call us, I remember where I used to work. My assistant used to talk about Christian as save D. Save D, that's what he used to call them. He used to be fascinated by these people. It does not, they are they calling you save D. What matters is, I am the, the beloved of the Lord. Whether I am a save D or I'm not, I am the beloved of the A man and a friend of God and a son of God that is able to encounter double grace. So what are they calling you? They have no ability to encounter the double grace. You have ability to encounter double grace in Jesus' name. What is challenging you this year? This May, may the Lord meet with it in Jesus' name. May the sword of the Lord never spare your enemy this May in Jesus' name. May your challenge never succeed, never see the light of day in June in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. May your wilderness encounter the blood of Jesus this May in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. May what they have denied you, may they bring by speed this May in Jesus' name. There is double grace. Hallelujah. Just mark your identity. Just mark your identity. Just mark your identity in Jesus' name. Are you feeling forgotten? Are you feeling that your book for prophecies is full? Do not be worried. Just mark your identity. There is double grace. Hallelujah. There is some bit of an anger I'm feeling in the Lord. I don't know, Apostle Joshua, that you're feeling. I don't know whether, uh, Prophet uh, Peter, you're feeling. I don't know about Pastor Eileen, you're feeling it. I don't know that Pastor Kimani, you're feeling. I don't know that pa Pastor Florence, you're feeling. There is a certain anger of the Lord in this church in May, in Jesus' name. Because God wants to do something new. And He's going to do it in Jesus' name. Even if it's with a few, it will be done. So are you keeping a few sheep? Praise the Lord. The man was not acknowledged by the Philistine army. The man was not acknowledged by the Israelite army. The, even the king mocked him. Even his own household mocked him. Even his father told him, your work is to carry food. Promoted him from being a shepherd to be a carrier of food. There was nobody that, there was nobody that remembered that this man had been anointed by the greatest prophet to be king. Nobody remembered. They all mocked him. Even if even himself, he had forgotten. Because when he was quoting his CV, he did not quote it as one of the items. He just said, I kid a lion, I kid a bear. He did not remember. If I was him, I would have said, eh, 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 eh. a prophet anointed me for a certain time. He did not even, he did not remember. It doesn't matter whether you have forgotten what God promised over your life. It will happen because it's by grace. Praise the Lord. It is by grace. I may not finish because of time. But let me just speak one, two more things quickly. So when David went to the king, and the king, his brother silenced him, the king silenced him, and even Goliath called him a dog. Praise the Lord. It does not matter what they are calling you. Imagine even Goliath called him a the man when he was taking care of the sheep was not even taking care of the sheep with a dog. Now you are calling him a dog. 
It does not matter what they are calling you. It does not matter the nickname they have given you. What matters is there is a double anointing in this place in May, in Jesus' name. I dare you, bring it before the altar of God. I dare you. And kneel before the Lord and say, Lord, I am not carrying this challenge in June. I'm leaving it before you. There goes this man. I challenge you, if you are truly a servant of God, if you are truly a child of God, I dare you, bring it on this altar in this May. And let's see what God can do. I dare you, bring it this May. And say, God, I am not calling it to June. There is double anointing. Praise the Lord. And quickly as I finish, the first principles for those who are writing because they are writing, if, if you do not silence the enemy, the enemy will silence you. David did not bother about what Goliath said. David did not bother about what Eliab, his brother, said. Goliath, David did not even matter. I did not even care what the king said. Remember, this is the first time that David is coming next to the king. And the king is telling him, you are a boy. Everything, everybody told him negative things. But what I like about David, he silenced them all. Even his brother, he asked his brother, what have I done? When he came to Goliath, he told Goliath, wait, you will see what I will do to you. When he came to the king and told the, he, told, he told the king his CV. He gave the king his CV. I did this. If my Lord was able to do this with me, what about this thing? Silence. If you do not silence the enemy, the enemy will silence you. How do you silence the enemy? By the word of God. He come in one way, remind him you, will go, you are going to free in seven different ways. One of the things that my wife will tell you, I like to challenge my issues. I normally tell my enemies when I'm praying. You have come only in one way. My Bible says you will flee in seven different. Better start preparing. Hmm. I normally tell the devil, start preparing seven different paths for you to run away. If you are not prepared, go get the tractors to prepare them. Because you are fleeing seven different ways. Because my Bible says so. And because my God says so. So what are you trusting God to free in seven different ways today? Start trailing it to free. It will free. Praise the Lord. Number five, do not forget your personal walk with the Lord. David reminded the king, the journey, his journey with the, with the Lord. David reminded the king, his journey with the Lord. He did not remind many people, he reminded the king. And number six, and the last one, learn to use what you have. Learn to use what you have. Goliath had a name. The Philist, first the Philistine had a, a name. Goliath had a name. Goliath had a, a height. Goliath had huge armor. Goliath had a whole nation behind him. David did not even have a nation behind him. David did not even have his father behind him. David did not even have his brothers. In fact, his brother must have been hiding. David only had one person behind him, God. Because God knew his moment had arrived. My brother, my sister, you might be feeling you're walking alone. Do not seek a crowd to walk with you. Just seek God to walk with you. Because he understands you. He knows your moment. He knows what he has planned for you. It is only he who knows. And it is only he who can give you that double grace. Praise the Lord. Stop seeking favor from people. Start seeking mercy from people. Seek the Lord to encounter the Lord. So what does, what does David do? The only thing he had is, is a sling. And the only thing he was, he was used to is stones. He picks five stones. 
and pick his sling. And it is what he uses to kill Goliath. Let me, let me explain a little bit. Uh, let me just explain a little bit. So that we may understand. Moses, had, when he was growing up under, as a pharaoh, he had a golden stick that he used to walk with. He had a gold, golden stick that he used to walk with. When he, was, when he ran away from Egypt, the only, he could not afford to maintain a golden stick. In fact, he, does, he did not carry it. He just acquired another ordinary stick. But wait. When it met Pharaoh and the Lord told him to throw it down, when he threw his stick down, because that is the most important possession he had. When he threw it down, it challenged the biggest magicians in Egypt. They could not speak. It is the first thing, the first miracle that made Pharaoh to acknowledge him. But to Moses it was a stick. To David, it was not a simple stick. It was a weapon. Whatever small that you think God, whatever small you are carrying in your life, whatever small skill you are carrying in your life, is a gate for your next biggest miracle. The only issue is, will you know it? Will you know it? Praise the Lord. I was discussing with some brethren, and I was telling them, there is a reason why when Jesus was to pay, told to, to pay tax, there is a reason why he commanded tax to come from the fish. Because this, his disciples grew up as fishermen. And they used to see it. They, they, when their pastor would ask for offering, they only, take, they only used to take fish to the, shop, to the church. The only offering they could do is fish. So even Jesus knew that these people have done a lot of seeding of fish. So if I do any other miracle in any other way, it will not make sense. It means it is time for the fish to bless them. And he commands the fish to pay tax. He never commanded a cow, never a tree, the fish. So what are you carrying? Is it a fish? Is it a walking stick like Moses? Is it a stone? It is a weapon. It is a weapon. The only thing you need to know it. The biggest problem we have, Pastor Kemani, is we have many Christians who do not know what they are carrying. That's the biggest thing we have. That is the biggest challenge we have. They do not want their car. They are carrying. They even do not pray, God, may you reveal to me what you are carrying. I was telling a team that was with, very good team that overfed me. I was telling them, and hope this time I'm finishing, I was telling them that uh, Jesus gives us a story about a wicked judge and a lady that needed what? Needed what? Justice. And say this lady never gave the evil judge peace. He kept on, she kept on going. And then Jesus finishes saying, what over my father in heaven? Now, Pastor Kemani, we have many Christians who have given God peace. They have God given God peace. The reason why God gave you that scripture, he was saying, hey, stop keeping quiet. Send as many issues to me as you can. Every day, every moment you can. Say, Lord, this disease in Jesus' name. Lord, you are a fair judge. This disease in Jesus' name. Lord, this challenge in Jesus' name. Good morning, Lord Jesus. Remember the disease. Good morning, Lord Jesus. Remember this challenge. Good afternoon, Lord Jesus. Remember this. But we have Christians who pray one little general prayer. It's not a prayer. A general prayer. Lord, remember my job. Not a prayer. A general and then they say, hallelujah, I'm waiting on God. We just prayed a wish prayer. 
And I say, you are waiting on God. And even this wish prayer did not have the backing of the scriptures. And my God shall, God shall bless me with a job. Let me explain to you. That is not a prayer. I say, God, may you bless with me that job. Like, can we, that is a joke. It's not a prayer. A prayer for a job is God. Psalms 92 verse 17, you said, you, my skills are blessed. The work of my hand is blessed. You said you shall bless me when I go out and when I come back. Lord, you said in the book of Deuteronomy chapter 33 verse 11, all my skills are blessed. So Lord, all my skills are blessed. My going out and my coming back is blessed. The work of my hand is blessed. Where is the job? That's the prayer. Are you understanding me? Where is that? All my skills are? My going out and my coming back is? I am? The blood of Jesus have cleansed? Heaven accepts me. Earth accepts me. Lord, where is the job? Manifest the job. So in the morning, Lord, manifest the job. In the lunch, Lord, manifest the job. Where is my miracle, my God? Where is it? Where is it? Because it is there. And even as I put my... I was asked to explain one scripture as I finish. I'll close my... To the team that I was with this afternoon. Can you project me for me Romans 8.28? Because these are scriptures that Christians love so much. And I was showing them how we pray. And I also want to show you how you pray this scripture. Do you know how we pray this scripture? We all know this scripture. But we all start with this scripture How? How do we start with this prayer when you pray? Stop reading. Start. Say, pray how you pray. We start. We start. <laughs> That's how we start, my Papa Sakemani. That's why we have a challenge with our people. They start with this scripture. We. They say, oh. Yes. That's how we start. And that's why we miss it. When you're praying and on a sikomeshikamana, we all start all things. But can we read as it's written? It is said, and we. Hey, hey. Lord, I know my job is there. Because all things work together for my, for my good. My job is... Lord, I know my healing is there. Because all things work for... God, I know my financial miracle is there. Because all things... Well, I know all things... I know. The difference is... I know. The difference is... It's not all things work together. Get the revelation. Where you've been praying. It is not the revelation. The anointing is not in all things work together for good. The revelation and the anointing is, I know. Praise the Lord. I know. When the devil tells me this, I tell him, I know. Because the word of God says this. So I want to ask you a question this evening. What do you know? What do you know? What you know is what shall deliver you. What you know is what the Lord shall use to multiply for you. The prophetic team, please. So I ask you, I want to ask you this evening. You are here with us today. What do you know? So that we may agree with you based on what you know. What do you know? What is that that is challenging you? The Lord has an anointing for double grace in this place. And it is beginning today. And allow me to ask Apostle Joshua to lead us in commanding the month of May, even as we minister. Can you give the man of God a clap? Allow me to guide us on two things. 
but will help us for May in a reflection of what our brother was sharing. If you go to a certain country called the United States, they have a tradition that is very discriminative. Those who attended a certain university, there is an accent they have. And those who attended another specific university, there is an accent they have. Those who went to Harvard, they talk in a certain way. Those who went to Yale, there's a way they talk. Those who went to University of uh, Stanford, there's a way they talk. Where you attended school is how you will talk. Now, Titus chapter 2, and we are not going to read it, verse 11 to 15, says, The grace of the Lord has already appeared, and the grace is teaching us. Out of this teaching of grace, you will begin to speak a certain language of grace. And out of this language, you will begin to produce results. In the month of May, we are going to attend a grace academy. And we will begin to learn the language of grace. And as we speak it, we will command gracious returns. And every day you wake up in the month of May. I was just sharing with the pastor. May is my month of birth. I share the same birthday with Israel. Israel was born on 15th May. I was also born on 15th May. Christ of God. Now, what did I just do? But, to emphasize my point, May, as we say, is a month of grace. We are going to make deliberate choices. Yes, it is right now we are going to pray, make declarations, give ultimatums. But we are going to begin to enter the Grace Academy of God. And every day we'll be like, Lord, teach me another language of grace that will produce for me results. Why am I saying the language of grace? Because in Luke 4, I believe verse 22, the Bible says, And when Jesus had finished talking, they all marveled at the gracious words that came out of his mouth. What made people marvel about Jesus was not just his words, but the graciousness of his words. It is good to pray, it is good to interact with people, but if your words are not gracious, there will be no marvel. We need a marvel in the month of May. As our brother was saying, we need testimonies that will be spellbounding. But as I sat there, the Lord told me, we need a gracious language. We need a gracious posture. We need a gracious connection. We need a gracious way of responding to things, of responding to issues. And by the way, Pastor, it is possible to be a student of the Academy of Grace for a lifetime. How many want to join that school? Where every day the Lord is teaching you His grace. The Lord is proving to you His grace. And prophetic team, majority of these people, and I'm one of them, <laughs> if we could only learn to be gracious, some answers we will not have to push for. Have you read about Jesus? How the Bible says He will not cause His voice to be heard in the streets. He will not seek to be seen or to be known. Why? 
He is so full of grace, his issues just have to happen. I know you have some circumstances, you will want a bulldozing dose of prayer, but how about trying the grace of God? How about saying, Lord, I have knocked on this door for long, may your grace finally overtake me. Let me ask again, how many ones by this evening, and maybe for May for a try, maybe you want to do a trial version, like we buy Kaspersky's and all these <laughs> trial version things. How many, maybe at least for a trial version, you want to try grace for the month of May? You want to go to this place where you will just learn grace? I wish I could lift my two hands, but here I am. We need to attend that school. Pastor Kimani, when Jesus met Peter, Peter was the roughest, was the crudest, was the most primitive, but the more he interacted with Jesus, his language began to change. How will we know, my brother, you are full of grace? How will we know, my sister, you are full of grace? Through your language. Now, Peter writes about three prominent times about the grace of God. And he says, hey, grow in the grace of our Lord Jesus. Later on, he says in Second Peter 1, 2, that may grace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus. Peter now knew it is not by the sword. Was it the same one trying to use the sword? He now knew it is not by the sword. It is by the grace of God. Tonight, we are standing up and committing our lives to a lifetime of learning the grace of God. And a lifetime of producing the same grace through our mouths. And some of you, you may need to go back to those people you have not been gracious to, especially with your language, and say, give me another chance now to be more gracious to you. And watch the results that will happen. Can we be on our feet? Let me give you another name for grace. Grace is Jesus. John 1.14 talks about he came to us full of grace. He was full of grace. You look at him, you could just see grace. And some of you, you know, people look at you, they see your school, they see your tribe, they see your age. They are not seeing Jesus. They are not seeing grace. Don't worry about that. Just attend school. One time I was mocking one of your children and I was saying, you, you are cute but you are illiterate because you have not even attended baby class. <laughs> but the baby has not attended school. So he's excused from being literate. And some of you are illiterate in grace. You don't know how to be gracious. You are used to kicking and threatening and busting. You don't know how just to watch God melt things for you. I like what he says in Psalm 30, 34, I believe, that he is the God who teaches my hands for war. He teaches your hands. God can teach you grace. If he can teach your hands, he can also teach you grace. Lift your hands as you begin to pray. Lord, teach us your grace. Teach us your grace. Till you are so full of your grace. Just begin to talk to the Lord. 
Begin to talk to the Lord. Begin to talk to the Lord. Lord, teach me your grace. Teach me your grace. That as I open my mouth, all that comes out is your grace. As I make my gestures, all that comes out is your grace. As I interact with my enemies, all that comes out is your grace. Father, reverse decades of legalism, decades of struggle and hardship. Lord Jesus, reverse these seasons of hardship and struggle and begin to smooth me with your grace. Begin to smooth me with your grace, Lord. Lift your voice and just talk to the Lord. Grace, grace, grace be released to you. Not only for the month of May, but for the rest of your life. Grace be released to you. That you begin to learn grace. And you begin to manifest grace. You begin to speak graciously. And to temper your life graciously. And to give graciously. And to receive graciously. To connect and to disconnect graciously. In the mighty name of Jesus. Father, we thank you. Because the books of grace are about to be opened. And we are about to experience the teaching of your grace in our lives. The book of grace is about to be opened. And we are about to see your grace in our finances. The books of grace are about to be opened and we are about to see your grace in our health. The books of grace are about to be opened and we are about to be remembered of you. Lord, we thank you because your grace is about to begin dictating our terms, dictating our outcomes. Your grace is about to begin to dictate even our temperament. Previously they knew us for our mannerisms. They knew us for our tribes. But now they will know us for your grace. Thank you, Holy Spirit. And now in the name of the Lord Jesus, we stand to decree every struggle that could not bow to any other thing, may it bow to the grace of God. Now we stand against every financial embarrassment that could not respond to sweat and tears. Let it begin to respond to the grace of God. Now we speak to every hard relationship that could not respond. We command it now to respond to the grace of God. Now we command every health issue, emotional, even mental, even psychological, that could not respond even to the medication and every therapy. Let it respond to the grace of God. In the name of the Lord Jesus, but by the confession of your mouth, in this very moment, this month is going to begin to be shaped. Say after me, in the name of Jesus, the month of May begins in a new way. Grace upon grace. Wherever I turn, grace meets me. Whoever I meet, grace meets me there. Whatever I do, Grace overtakes me. And in this month of May will be a month like no other. And every other month after the month of May will reflect nothing but the glory of God. In Jesus' name. You battles that have followed me, you are ending officially in this very day in the name of Jesus. And you places that have hindered me from access, I access you today and in the rest of this month in the name of Jesus. Father, in Jesus' name, I decree grace upon grace. 
has begun for me. In Jesus' name. Father, I seal those confessions by the word of our testimony and through the blood of Jesus. And we decree, Lord Jesus, the grace of God will no longer be a theology. It will be a reality. Every day your people shall wake up from tonight. Every day they wake up, grace will be there to back, back them up. Grace will be there to greet them. Wherever they were going and there was scorning and shame and every kind of rejection, grace is beginning to turn tables in their favor. Lord, we know it is done. In Jesus' name.